Hi, and welcome to Campus Helpers, the show where you can get help and information right here on campus. Campus Helpers are here and can help you. I'm your host, Chris Rison. On this campus, there is a special services, and this is where a student can go and get help, and if students need more time on tests and help overall. Today, we're going to talk to a member of special services. My guest today is Dr. Janice Sarcedo Magruder. She also goes by Dean Janice. Her role is the Dean of Student Services and Equity. You can find special services on the mall underneath the health center and close to the Pierce drop-off circle. Dean Janice, thank you very much for coming on the show and being here today to talk about the special services. Great, thank you for having me, Chris. How has your day been so far? So far, so good. Not raining, so that's always a plus. All right, let's get started. I noticed that you went to a few colleges. Can you tell the audience where you attended? Sure. I did my bachelor's at UC Riverside. Um, I did my master's in education at USC, and then I completed my doctorate at Cal State Long Beach. Looking back, was there a different path you wanted to do before you decided to take this route? Actually, yes. Uh, When I went to college, my intent was to be a high school English teacher, Um, but I ended up tutoring at a middle school, and I had, like, the worst kids, Um, and I thought to myself, there's no way that I can do this for a career, Um, and being involved as an undergrad in college, that's how I learned that essentially student services is an opportunity or a job option. So what were your majors at your the colleges you attended? Yeah, so at UC Riverside, my major was English um, and a minor in LGBTQ studies. Um, At USC, it was post-secondary administration and student affairs, um, but it's MED, master's in education, and then my doctorate is in educational leadership and community colleges. I also noticed that you have worked at other colleges, and can you name them and experiences you got from them? Sure. So I've now been at um, the UCs. I worked at UC Irvine for six years. At the Cal State, I worked at Cal State Long Beach for three years. Um, I worked at USC during my master's program um, as well, so I've been in all the systems, and now I'm here at the community college. Why did you choose Pierce? Why did I choose Pierce? Um, For the particular position um, that I have and now what the position has really developed into, I have the opportunity to work closely with students, even though I'm in an administrative role, um, and really have the opportunity to affect change and make sure students are getting the services that they need to be successful on campus. There are reports that Pierce College's Pierce College is one of the best community colleges, and can you back it up and saying why Pierce is the best? Well, I mean, if you look at just numbers in terms of our transfer rate, um, that's one of the things that you know Pierce will always tout. But just in terms of t- student experience and resources that are available, um, so our students. You know, that come to our campus, you know, we offer lots of different things for students. So regardless of what you're interested in, um, what your path is, if you're an older student returning, if you have a family, you work full time, you know, Pierce as a, a school that has a high transfer rate, we have a lot of things available, even if transfer isn't your path. For the audience, can you explain why special services are important? 
that. So special services uh, particularly serve students with disabilities, and that's all kinds of disabilities, everything ranging from uh, physical impairments to mental health uh, disabilities. Um, you know, so that can be anything from someone who uses a cane or a walker because they have a knee issue through someone who has schizophrenia or bipolar disorder um, and everything in between. So learning disabilities, ADHD, autism spectrum disorders, um, and students that have disabilities just need um, Essentially, we consider it leveling the playing field, so provide them the opportunity to have access to course material, classes, and programs on campus um, with just a little assistance so that way it can negate the impact of their disability. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to you being in the special services department? So to me, it really means providing service that will help students who might just need a little extra assistance. So whether that's giving them extra time on tests or allowing them to use notes, um, whatever it is so that way they can be successful. Uh, my husband has dyslexia um, and watching how he struggled prior to knowing that he had dyslexia um, and really seeing how successful he could be once he learned how to how to manage his disability, I think was really important. So now I'm able to do that with students. What is the best thing you see in special services? The best thing I see? Um, I think definitely is the, the camaraderie of the staff there um, and their dedication to serving the students. You know, so they all, or most of the people who work there have some connection to um, students or people with disabilities, whether that's in their personal life with their family, um, they are or know someone who's deaf or hard of hearing, they have someone with a disability like I do, um, those types of things. So they're really connected to the population that they serve. Um, so I find that makes their service to students that much better. How about the worst things you see? Well, unfortunately, I think the worst thing is understaffing. So while the people who are there are awesome, there's not enough people to really do the full job of special services. Um, you know, so we could use more help at the front desk. We could use more student workers, more people to help with testing and that sort of thing. The real question is, why do students sometimes lack seeking help? Some, for some students, they'll lack seeking help because, one, they're not even aware that the services are available. Um, other students, I know, have issue with the name special services because um, it doesn't necessarily, you know, feel inclusive to them or that, that that's a population they want to belong to. Um, depending on the disability, there's also a lot of stigma involved. So, you know, some students won't seek services because they don't want to be labeled um, in any type of way, um, particularly for our students who have mental health disabilities. They don't want people to know that they, you know, struggle with depression or anxiety or, you know, that they have bipolar disorder or whatever um, their diagnosis is. Um, so a lot of that stigma prevents people from seeking assistance. And then I would also say for others, it's just um, they want to try and do it without assistance. So oftentimes we'll have students who will come partway through the semester to seek services for the first time because they've gone through a test or a paper or some assignment where they didn't do well and they realize, okay, I actually do need the help, so let me go and you know get my services or my accommodations settled. So you, you said that, well, do you think students don't get help because they are scared to be judged or 
is it just another realm of what others think of them? I think it's both. For some people, it's a fear of judgment. Um, others, it's actually a judgment that they place on themselves. Um, a lot of people with disabilities might feel like they're stupid or they're less than, they're not as capable as others. Um, when realistically, you know, some of our DSPS students are some of the most intelligent, you know, people that you would ever meet. Um, they might just have a quirky way of communicating that, or they might not be able to, to write well. But if you have a conversation with them, you know, they could recite, you know, loads and loads of information for you. Um, so it's that, that fear of, you know, other people judging them, but also sort of a self-judgment. And for students that seem to lack help, what advice would you give them? I would tell students, you know, if especially students who had assistance in high school, so if you had an IEP or a 504 plan, you were in special day classes, you know, you will be eligible for services, so go and get the help. Um, you know, special services is not a scary place. It's confidential, so we don't share your information with anyone who doesn't have a reason to know. And even the information that we do share isn't very detailed. We might just tell a professor that, you know, this person is registered with our office and here are the accommodations that they're eligible for. We're not going to tell them what your diagnosis or your disability is. Um, you know, and we may need to reveal some more information depending on the disability. So someone who maybe has uh, stomach issues and they need to use the bathroom frequently, we might need to tell an instructor like, hey, this person needs to use the bathroom several times during class, so please excuse them and please allow them to sit near the door, something like that. How many people are in the staff besides you? So besides me, we have uh, Four uh, DSPS counselors. Uh, we have a special services assistant um, who's at the front desk. Um, we have seven sign language interpreters, a sign language interpreter coordinator, um, and then a um, assistive technology um, instructional assistant. So he's the one who helps people with adaptive technology um, software that can help with their disability. So there are like different groups for students to go to, like for example, deaf and blind, like for sign language. Yeah, so if you're someone who's deaf or hard of hearing and you need sign language interpreter or interpretation, you would work with our um, coordinator. Um, or once students start to know who our interpreters are, they'll request someone specifically, um, or they'll know like, oh, this interpreter is really good with English, um, and this interpreter is really good with math, so I'll request this person for math and this person for my English class. Um, you know, so once they are involved with the, the office a little bit more and they, they get to know people, um, a lot of people will start to have favorites. If students need special services, how would they go about signing up for it? Yeah. So students need to initially bring us verification of their disability. So that can be a copy of their IEP, their 504 plan, a letter from their doctor, or they can come and get a verification form at special services to take to their doctor. And it's just to certify this is what the disability is and these are the educational limitations. So if it's ADHD, then we need to know that the educational limitations are like last, lack of concentration, inability to focus, you know, and that type of thing so that way we know what accommodations are appropriate for the student. Where do you see Pierce in five to ten years? Pierce specifically or special services? 
Pearson Special Services. Okay. Um, well, in 10 years, I imagine special services will be a little more robust in terms of services that they offer. I think they'll have a better online presence because that's the direction that we're, we're moving in um, with distance ed students as well, people not actually coming to campus, more online classes. Um, so I think increasing the services that we're able to provide online to students is somewhere that they'll be in 10 years. Um, and then I think we'll probably have a couple new populations that are coming to the forefront. Right now we're seeing a lot more mental health disabilities coming forward. Um, so I think the special services will need to start developing strategies to meet the needs of, of changing populations. How about yourself? Where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? Oh, wow. Um, I think personally and professionally in five to 10 years, um, I still see myself at the community college. I don't know that it'll necessarily be at Pierce, depending on what opportunities are available like within our district or across our state. Um, but I definitely see staying with the student population here at the community college um, and really continuing in a dean role because I, I don't see myself as a VP or moving any higher than, than this level of administration. Um, and really serving students a little more directly than like a VP would. Do you like the role of being dean? I do, because um, like I said, it gives me the opportunity to have student conduct, to get to know some of our students pretty well and work with them, um, but also to impact and affect change on campus. Was it different for all of the colleges? Like, do you find a lot of like different types of people that come into the office? Yes, I would say the students that come into special services, it's a wide range. We have everything from someone who's actually still in high school and concurrently enrolled all the way through our encore population, so older, um, uh, mostly retired senior citizens who come in. I believe the oldest student that we serve, I want to say, is 82, and the youngest student we serve is 15. Um, so there's a wide range of ages, different disabilities. We have some students who have multiple disabilities, um, different genders, uh, sexual orientation. So every facet of diversity that you can think of is across a spectrum for students with disabilities because disabilities don't discriminate. It could be any race, gender, you know, sexuality and all of that. So you just mentioned that high school students can also sign up for Pierce, like yes. already? Yeah, so we have some students who are concurrently enrolled. So while they're in high school, they're taking classes here at the college. Um, so by the time that they graduate high school, they might be done with their first year of college already, um, which is actually really neat and like a really cool opportunity to get ahead. Um, and you know, be at a community college for possibly only one year after high school before you're able to transfer. Um, and the students will take a lot of their GE courses, um, and they tend to be really highly motivated, high-achieving students, because, I mean, they're taking college classes in high school with the goal of going to, you know, transferring to a two or four-year, you know, pretty quickly. Do you think that's smart? Because some say that some students need to, like, maybe mature more if like, 
Well, I would say for some students, because they already have the maturity, they're already thinking, forward thinking, like, yes, I want to go to college. They already know that's what they want to do. So I don't think their maturity is the question. Um, sometimes it's their experience. So they don't necessarily know how to navigate a college campus by themselves. They might need a little more assistance from their parents because they're still minors. Um, they may not have ever scheduled their own appointments. They may not remember their student ID number, those types of things. Um, so they might just need a little more assistance, but I don't think that they necessarily lack maturity. What is it like going from age to age, from, like, from 15 to 82? Oh, I mean, it varies uh, depending on the time of the semester, what's going on, um, looking at the different types of classes that people are taking. Um, the accommodation range can be really different as well. So someone who is an older student, um, like one of our Encore participants, they might just need parking and they don't actually need classroom accommodations. Um, a lot of them aren't even taking academic courses. It's you know personal enrichment or like physical education, um, like they're taking a yoga class. So you wouldn't need extra time on a test for yoga. Um, but you might need assistance getting to the classroom or making sure that you're able to park closer um, versus our younger students who are, you know, have um, much more ability to, to think broadly about what they're taking. They have an ed plan in mind where they're focused on academics where, you know, our older population may not be. And then you have people who just sort of float in the middle of that, um, who might be working full-time and have families or, you know, have um, children already. Um, they're returning for a second or third career. Um, so it, it looks very different every day. So I always say with our staff, there's never a dull moment in special services. What are the hours for the special services? So currently special services is open Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. and Fridays, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. How, how would it affect online students that have that need special services as well? So it would depend what their needs are. So for some students, if really their only accommodation is extended time, we can always work with their professor to you know, give them that extra time in Canvas or whatever online platform they're using. Um, but if they require something a little bit different, typically we'll look at accessible technology, um, you know, like adaptive text, make sure that they can get their book in audio so that way they can listen to it rather than having to read. Um, you know, or if they're looking to test in a way that's not traditional with the class, possibly having them like record themselves speaking and sending that to the instructor or those types of things. So sometimes we have to get a little creative with how we deliver the accommodation, um, but still manage to serve those students. And then for our online students, they also do all of their counseling sessions you know, online with a counselor as well. Going back, you said you had a disorder. Is that correct? No, my husband. Or, oh, how did? How is it? So, does the help outside help with students as well? Oh, I think so. Because um, when you know if you're familiar with your disability and familiar with what helps you, then when you go into the workplace or you know into other areas, you know how to advocate for yourself. Um, 
So, for example, my husband was applying for a promotion at work, and there was a written test as part of it. So, you know, he took his documentation, went to HR, and requested accommodations for the written portion of the exam. He received his accommodations. He ended up, you know, nailing his exam and the interview. He got the job. Um, you know, but because he knew, because of his experience in college, um, you know, and using uh, special services or DSPS, he knew that he would be successful if he had the accommodation, and he was. So he just got extended time and the ability uh, to use audio. Um, so he dictates as opposed to typing or writing. Now, is it easier to get help at a community college than a big four-year institution? Is it easier? Not necessarily. I think one of the challenges with the community college is um, we have students who take classes at multiple campuses, so within our district or external, so a lot of our students might take classes at Moore Park as well. Um, you know, or even as far up as Oxnard or some of the Ventura colleges. Um, you know, and unfortunately, you have to go to every single college that you're taking classes at to get your services. Like, we don't share our information. Um, so even if you're here at Pierce but taking classes at Valley, even though it's within our district, you still have to submit all of your paperwork, meet with their counselor, and go through their process. Um, but part of that is because each campus has different um, accommodations available. Like. Valley offers specialized tutoring for students with disabilities where we don't have that here at Pierce. So that's part of the reason why it's different and that you have to do the intake process at both colleges, um, you know, where other schools outside of our district can offer, you know, um, for like some students with mobile impairments or physical disabilities, they offer cart service where they'll actually pick you up and drive you to classes. That's not something that we offer here in our district. Um, you know, our, our campus, we offer a shuttle where other campuses that are maybe a little flat or smaller don't need to offer a shuttle. Um, so each campus is different, so I think that's one of the biggest challenges. Um, so if you're attending multiple community colleges, it's definitely harder, but generally the process is pretty much the same for any four-year institution um, you know, or college or university where you have to just provide documentation, meet with a counselor, decide what accommodations are appropriate for you, then you know, the DSPS offices will notify your instructors, they put your accommodations in place, and then you should be good to go. Um, so for the most part, like the process is similar. I think, like I said, if you're attending multiple colleges, then it's a little more challenging because you have to do it more than once. So would you re recommend students typically stay more local instead of going out to more community colleges? I think it just depends on their circumstances. For some students, you know, the classes that they need at the times that they need them just aren't available at Pierce. So they may have to go to other colleges or other campuses. Um, you know, like here at Pierce, we don't have like a... Um, a culinary arts program. So if that's something that you're interested, even if you live here, you might go to trade tech for, for those classes. Um, but you might still want to take your English and math courses here. So it really just depends on your life circumstances. Thank you. No Dean problem. Thank you. Janice, thank you so much for joining me today. Good luck continuing to help students achieve their academic goals. Again, you can find her in special services, which is out on the mall underneath the health center, which is close by to Pierce Job Mop Circle.
For more info, go to kpcradio.com. Coming up next in my show, we will feature a campus helper that you can find all over, and it is a professor. Thank you all for listening. I'm Chris Rison. I hope you can join me again soon.